breaking stuff. Good thing golf carts can be tough and beach parties can be rough on this episode of Get Carded. So I wanted to talk to you guys about uh, an episode that I had a number of weeks back where we went to a family cabin. So M's family has a, a hobby farm in a, in a suburb north of the Twin Cities here. And um, we'd, we'd gone there a couple of years ago and, and we brought Connor along and he was with a friend and they were jetting around on the four-wheeler in the, in the back country. And they came <laughs> back and they were like, Dad, I got to talk to you. And I was like, what? What's up? He's like, we rolled the, the thing. <laughs> and I was like, no, you didn't. Just tell me you didn't. That's a joke, right? And he's like, no, look. And like the, the door is like caved in a little bit. And I'm like, no, man. This, so, this is a four-wheeler. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's and, a four-wheeler, and, but it has so they're, like. So they're fine. They're fine. Well, they yeah. go down like a ditch and just ramp it? So in the back of this property, there's this open area. In the open area, um, Emily's brother had made a lot of like jumps and stuff. So some of the ground is not flat. And, um, and, and they, yeah, and they, they, they took a quick turn and, uh, so be it. So, you know, I had to apologize for that and Connor apologized and it was, you know, it was fine at the end of the day. Um, so fast forward a couple years and uh, a couple of weeks ago. How long had you known the family at this point? Um, was this like still in the filial period? A year, I'd say. Okay. So it was close. Yeah. I mean, it was the first time, you know. Long enough to be comfortable, but still short enough to be like oh, awkward. 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 Yeah. 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 100% awkward as yeah. you can get. Um, so fast forward to a couple of weeks ago, uh, the same four-wheeler, Kennedy and I are in. And she's driving. And we go back into this same area. And she takes this turn. And I didn't really think anything of it. And then we were on the side. It's <laughs> the same turn? Same four-wheeler, same turn. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there with my shoulder on the ground and, and as awful as a, uh, a dad that I am, I, well, first of all, my, my one leg was still like in the passenger area and the other one was like planted on the ground on the other side of the four wheeler. And as I, as I crawled out, Kennedy was out and I could tell she was fine. And I didn't say anything. I just took like four steps away and put my hands on my hips and just looked out at the horizon. Like, how am I going to? how am I going to explain this again? <laughs> so we go over and we're just full of adrenaline and anxiousness. And we just pick this thing up and put it back on its <clears throat> wheels. And I'm looking at it and I can see this big, this big gash in it. So then we had to go back and the whole time I'm just like, hmm, not looking forward to this. So we, so we get back and I'm like, Jack, Hey, I uh, need need to need to talk to you, and I and you know presenting it that, that way. I turn out there. Yeah. Oh, Kennedy was driving for sure. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> well, still haven't fixed that turn. <laughs> so so he comes over and and he notices, and he's such a good guy. He was just you know super understanding. But then Emily's brother came over, who is a master mechanic at Audi, and he's like, "Oh, don't worry about it. We you know no big deal. We can fix it." And and although it's still you know, I was still feeling a little burdensome on, on these 
pieces of equipment that we continue to roll over. He, he made me feel pretty good about it. Sure. Um, and, and, and this kid can literally fix anything. I shouldn't call him a kid. He's 25, 26 years old, but he's already a master mechanic at Audi's. He does the skipping across water on a snowmobile, which is That's cool. freaking insane. Yeah. Um, so much so, uh, that I thought we'd interview him today. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in just a few minutes. Um, and it also relates to a recent collection that, that he found that I'll have him share. But I was, I was just curious if, if you guys have had experiences like that where you've just messed some shit up. Uh So I'll go before I get into my actual example though. I think this, your story with Kennedy reminds me a lot of when we were golfing and, you know, we both hop into the cart, remember? And I, I, I slam on the gas while oh I'm like still God. writing the, the scores down and plow into a tree that's like five feet in front of us. And a lot of people's stories could be. Oh my carts. goodness! <laughs> but just you getting up and like in it half in half out of the cart, just that, while you're telling that story, that's what you know. You bailed. I, you I bailed <laughs> out of the cart, and I don't know how. I don't know how I ended up behind you the hit cart. Hit the thing square. <laughs> The, th- the tree? Yeah. The tree. The tree. No. Yeah. Okay. The golf and those cart golf starts. Carts go, you know, to full speed within a matter of seconds, right? Joey did a tuck and roll. I was literally livid for <laughs> you were. like a hole and a half. Yeah. I don't even think and I said Ke- anything. And Kennedy's in the car with you? No, no, no. Oh, this no. Was, Kennedy was, this no. was pre Kennedy, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And, and yeah, well, then you, what were you worried about? Smashing my oh, okay, face yeah, against yeah. the tree? <laughs> I don't know, like dying. Uh, but that, like, while you started telling that story about how you were like on the ground and half in, half out of the cart, and I was like, he oh. bailed. I wish there was video because he literally took off and he was like, "See ya." He could have been hurt. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Like a push first is leverage to get me out of harm's way. No, not, there's like, there's not much worse though than like ruining somebody else's property. Property. Yeah. Right. No, so it I was. Sucks. My story is here, so I'm I'm on a I'm out at a lake cabin. Good friend of mine, Brian. Guys, weekend. We're all drinking, having a good time. We we just spent the, like the last, you know, maybe two hours out on the lake, you know, just hammer drunk. And I figured I was probably the most sober one because Brian couldn't, you know, he was not comfortable getting his pontoon back onto the boat lift. So it was a sunny day. So we had the, you know, they had the That's canopy hard up. To do when you're sober. I know. So I was like, I got this. I got it. I got it. You know, because Mr. Boat Owner, shit, never owned a boat in my life. But I'm like, ah, how hard can this be? So here I am. So this boat lift has got a canopy on it. So does the pontoon. Pontoon canopy should have come down first, or you know, the boat lift should have been lowered. So, anyways, I come rolling in here. All of a sudden, you just hear this. Crunch. loud crunch and the front end of the boat the front end of the boat is literally standing out of the water and the the the, the, the what is it the, the prop of the motor is down into the dirt and just totally ruined the both the canopy on the pontoon and the canopy on the boat lift You're and i was like <laughs> i was like oh shit so he was totally cool with it you know whatever he was, he was again getting a new pontoon anyways or a new boat lift whatever he you know he helped that he, he was, was just about to get a new boat lift <laughs> i don't know pontoon. man that's what i'm going with man but i felt so terrible like, needless to say the rest of the night like when we went to the bar i was buying drinks for him left and right and, i bet but uh but yeah so ruining somebody else's <laughs> property when you're trying to be like yeah i got this man no problem but you had that's, some liquid confidence yes absolutely uh, didn't turn out well though well, ho- hopefully that was uh you know when you do the liquid, it's okay. And then the next morning you figure out like, well, that shouldn't have said So next okay. morning I get up, I get up. He was already up and he's down there like 
tinkering with the thing <laughs> out, standing on the deck by himself. Oh, I'm just like, oh. And you can't rushed. like bring yourself to go help him because no. you were, like, yeah, I get yeah. it. I get it. Brad, have you, you ever? You should have done the, uh, what happened here? Yeah, what'd you do? <laughs> But hey, I was invited back next year. So, Brad, have you ever I, had any uh, property issues that you've you faced? Yeah, no, I have, and I, I feel bad that Joe started his story with you. Feel bad when you damage somebody else's property. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've looked up the statute, so legally, I can't be held responsible for my story. But uh, <laughs> we, uh, I lived in a house uh, in college uh, at the University of Iowa. Sorry, it was. Uh, you know, uh, this story, I think this story is just part of a lineage that led up to it, it. You know, we were always second or third or fourth in the U.S. News and World Report, like top party schools whenever I went to school there. And uh, a couple of years after I left, they, they finally got to the point where we were number one for nice. several years in a row. So I, I feel like stories like this probably, you know, went to up, that award, yeah. added yeah. up to it. So I, I was you proud. did your part. Yeah. yeah. I have no idea what, really, what, uh, and sorry, you know, to my parents listening, I, I don't know, like, what our specialties are in terms of, like, education, fields of education. Like, I think we had a hospital. Um, I was an English major. Yeah. That's about the extent of it. But at any rate, we, we had this house on the, kind of on the edge of campus, and it was a great party house. We, uh. We got in there, and the first thing that we did when we moved in was we assessed this big, giant, like, it was, it was a house that was built in, like, the 1860s. So, like, it, like it, this was probably, like, the old, like, family room and the ballroom uh, that kind of combined into one room. And we got in there, and we built a bar, like, literally built a bar and lag-bolted it to the, to the nice. ground. And, you know, it was, it was nice, and, and we went over, and there was a closet off to the side, and we sawed the door in half and built a dj booth in there you know i mean like this was a sweet party house and we made it even better but uh surprisingly after a couple of years they'd had enough of us and they uh they told us that we needed to go so we're like all right well we'll uh one more we'll get out let's let's do one more how can we make this better so the benefits of running a bar and having a lot of disposable you know do whatever i say bar backs and bouncers and whomever else so Got a couple of sand, a uh, couple of dump trucks full of sand delivered <laughs> into my driveway. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> and, uh, got Seems a couple reasonable. of wheelbarrows. Got some, you know, slave labor out there in the form of bouncers, and they trucked that stuff. We got some two by fours, and we had sand literally covering every single floor: the basement, the family room, oh my the main God. floor, and the upstairs. This <laughs> was this was a. We turned it into a beach, you know, oh. and we had, you know, our, that's epic. Yeah, it was. It was. It was awesome. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, the the, the 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 cops stopped by, and even they were like, "This is, wow." Yeah. Uh, the only person that was really ever mad about it that I knew about, and I'm sure that the people that own the house were not, you know, excited. En- yeah. Enthusiastic. Uh, yeah, we, we, you know, we cleaned up a little bit. We had got some Windex, but, uh, you know, they, uh, <laughs> the only people that were ever really mad was, was, was the, the guy who was the uh, majority owner of our bar because like there was nobody at the bar that night because oh. everybody was nice. at our house. We, uh, we made enough money to pay for our fines. Sounds like something out of old school. Yeah. That know. does. Or, uh, George, or George I mean, did Tom. you have a tiki bar? Or I did, did not. Did, did, did oh. the bar and the DJ booth? You like, is this how? You name it, we had it. We, we, it was, uh, and again, I, you know, I, I didn't feel bad about it at the time because they had done me wrong. I feel horrible about it now, but 
it's a good story. That's fine. They're probably not alive anymore. So. Probably out to the, the Georgetown party, right, B? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Still there epic. Was some, there were some interesting uh, – yeah, I didn't even know what a WAP was before that night. <laughs> Just a bunch of fruit and alcohol and really bad hangovers. The, the 40 towed cars later. <laughs> See, I don't even remember that part. Yeah. I mean, I remember downstairs. and looked we, like a Snoop Dogg video. A, we had a – we, sh- we we had a downstairs like a basement that I lived in with another one of our buddies that we just basically tacked sheets up to all the walls, so it was an extreme fire hazard. Yeah, first of all, but um, I don't think I see. I don't think I ever left downstairs the whole time. <laughs> so just a hermit. I know there was stuff going on as far as cars getting towed and so yeah. on and so forth. But yeah, those were. Um, those are some wild times and, and maybe some destruction of property, which we've obviously grown out of and learned from. Um, I think we've all had uh, maybe one or uh, maybe two mistakes in our lives. But it's always cool to hear a story about when you have a collection, you know, you you um, you, you find it, you, you dust it off, and then you can use it to continue to fund your your passion. I, I, I feel like nations running wild. I, I feel like this could, um, you know, be a really good conversation topic if Joey wasn't still over there just laughing about bailing on the <laughs> bailing on the cart deal. But, um, you know, such is life. I'm still here. I'm still walking around. You didn't you didn't kill me. So I'm ready to forgive you. Thank you. I was wondering because I knew you were mad. Is this is a breakthrough. Episode? Like, I don't see Brandon mad often. Like, you know, you normally just brush it off and, you know, whatever. But he was upset. And he's like, what? You know, but he was cool about it, though. But he was kind of more of that just kind of because you almost killed me. That's why. That's so, true. So, but we can, we can, we can, <laughs> we, can we can leave it. Obviously, yeah. if I've left. Note to I've left yeah. any animosity. We're going to have a whole episode <laughs> dedicated yeah. to this. We're going to bring in some therapy. Docs. Is Dr. Phil available for the next episode? Let's <laughs> let's reach out to him and his team. But so not but, a tree hugger. But I think that uh, what Grant was talking about in terms of, of, of selling it now, not only while it it may be a good time to sell but when he can use the the money to 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 continue to fund what he's what he's passionate about so you know i think there are some good times to sell and that's that's obviously one of them if if you i'm hugely conflicted right now with it right with my collection i've went from like zero to 60 from not collecting like you know much more than maybe a year and a half ago to now I have these cards and I honestly have no idea what to do with them. Like part of me wants to kind of sit on them and like speculate because like I took this approach and saying, okay, well I'm buying low, hopefully selling high on these. And then, or I went out and kind of, you know, paid top dollar for a couple of these ones that I thought were going to just be, Hey, this market's continuing to jump. I'm going to hang on to it and see what happens in, you know, three to four or just, you know, years. So honestly, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do here, Brian. And like, I'm, you know, looking at you as someone that at least has you know been in it a little bit longer. What uh, what are you giving the the person that's me, which I think is a lot of people that jumped into this hobby. So I think you gotta you gotta have a strategy. I mean, you just have to have a strategy going in. You have to have a discipline going in. So for for me, one of the things that I love about the industry is new product. I like getting stuff before other people see it. I like I like you know we've talked about before. I like the drama of opening boxes and opening packs. But there are there are good ways to do it, especially if you want to do the new stuff. So if you want to buy a new box of something, fine, but get rid of that stuff. If it's not something that's going to be added to your personal collection, like sell it while it's hot, try to be the first one out there with that card. Because if you're 17 of 99 on a, 
on a Clyde Edwards Hilaire rookie, it's going to go just fine. But if you're like the 16th card, uh, the 16th number, like number 38's done, 97's done, and you're number 62, that card's going to sell for like half of the amount that the first one did. So if you're going to go in and break new stuff or open new stuff, just sell the stuff that you don't want like immediately. Early bird gets the worm. At least you're going to recapture some of your initial investment because those those prices are probably going to stay high for a while on the new stuff but the individual card prices generally always come down unless it is the one rookie like this year for you know being being herbert herbert is the only card that hasn't really softened all that much burrow tua is i mean when this next class comes out those those i I think those cards are going to continue to to decline. So if if you have a number of rookies, absolutely before the next year's class or or before the season's over, you want to. Does that change though? Does possible. that is that a different philosophy? You know, the market's down right now, right? We know that. We saw Jordan sell earlier this month for 150k PSA 10 Fleer rookie versus almost se- 800. Yeah, at, in January, right. right? So the market is is down, right? So is, does that philosophy hold true in any market or is there a different approach you take when you know that card market's down? So are you no, moving it doesn't. that PC? It, it doesn't do uh it doesn't do the same in in every market cuz I'm just talking about new product. Yeah. So on the legacy stuff, um if it's in your PC, it's in your PC. And if it gets to a point where you think that you'd like to sell it, then all you do is set a discipline there. Now, if you have it for speculation, if you think a player is going to do well, well, then what I would do is still have a strategy. So if you buy a $100 card and all of a sudden it jumps and you're up 10x and you're at 1000 bucks, well, lock some of that in. Say if you start seeing these cards go for 800 then get rid of it. Yep. You don't have to get off the roller coaster on the way up, right? You can watch it continue to go up, but set those limits on the downside to say if my $100 card went to $500 and I'm not going to keep this for the rest of my life well the least I want to get for it is 400 now yep. 20% off of the high it's just like a stock in a sense right I do you I, know anything about I, investing I I, I, I would not <laughs> I ever dabble agree. I, yeah I dabble exactly <laughs> I dabble um, but, but but I think for anything whether you're whether you're flipping houses cars or cards like just have a strategy to go to, to get out of it. So should people be worried with what's going on in the market right now? Like, does it does it not rebound back to where it was? Does it fall some? Does it normalize somewhere in the middle in terms and, of? And let me let me add something on top of that too. Like, how much of how much of being at home and summertime also plays into answering that question? Um, a little bit, but at the same time, like, give me an asset that over the last fifty years hasn't appreciated in price. Yeah. My house in Roseville. <laughs> <laughs> No, it has. Okay. In 50 years, it, yes, it, it, has. it has. Asset prices generally go up over time. You have ups and downs, and some things are seemingly more volatile than others. But if you hold on to an asset long enough, it generally appreciates, especially things that are collectible and, and scarce, yep. right? Um, so from that perspective, you're going to go through peaks and valleys. This industry is one that's pretty volatile, and you're going to have huge peaks, and you're going to have huge lulls, and it's always going to be that way. So and really high like bursts were like this. Th- I mean, yeah. Over the course of the last what three years, like, like just rocket like ridiculous. You yeah. know you're up in this this air where it's like okay, there's gonna be a fallback. Like so, Doge. So what else are you gonna have? <laughs> like Dogecoin. Doge. <laughs> so you're also gonna have 
really significant declines. And that's why if you have a strategy in place, you're not going to do something that I like to refer to as fall on the sword. Hmm. Yep. So with that, seems to be a good segue into a to a game show. Let's do it. <laughs> this game is called Fall Around the Sword. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's uh, yeah. This so as we look at this one, so Connor won the first one, um, and we know that uh, Brandon, you came back to win the. Uh, the next one so looking at you joey here to uh to come back and, and tie this thing up no chance at, uh, one 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 Otherwise, last week was his make a wish Brand- this week it's a new, new week brandon gets the chance to uh, and this is this would be sweet 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 uh comeback because uh you ended up on the bottom end of the uh of the last <laughs> less than uh less than scientific game but uh the way this one works is uh there's gonna be three rounds of questions and this one brandon you're gonna go first in rounds one and three joey you're gonna go first in round two and you're going to get three points for an accurate guess you're going to get two points for an accurate over under and you know the one point taking the taking the leftover not in play this round so we will start out uh brandon with you each uh each with sons finding success in major league baseball Vladimir Guerrero Sr. and Fernando Tatis Sr. were both born in what year? Brandon. 1968. 1968. Are we talking the seniors or the juniors? We're talking the seniors. Both with sons. I thought he was going with the sons. I was like, over, over, over. Yeah. Um, no. Okay. So the parents or the dads, 68 puts them at, I'm going to go that it was over. Over well, 1968. And yep. you would be right because Correct. both of them are only a year. <laughs> both of their parents are one year older than me. Wow. 1975. Joey. Let's go. Joey That's pretty good. On the points on that one. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I should have. I, 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 I thought you were going to ask myself. what age the, the kids were there. I was like, probably 2002. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Joey with two points. All right. Round two. Joey, you're on first. Let's go. You're going first. All right. So, The Miracle on Ice. Yep. And I, I, I do have to admit, I, I wrote this one specifically for Connor this okay. week uh, because I'm like, I need to get something that, like, hopefully, like, if he. He should know this one, and if he doesn't, literally mm. nothing outside of like the 2000s or so. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, this was a feel-out one, so I have to ask him about it. But the Miracle on Ice was a highly anticipated hockey game played between the U.S. and the Soviet Union in Lake Placid, New York, in the semifinal medal round of what year's Winter Olympics? 1980. 1980 is the guess by Joey. Can I guess the same? You can. Yeah, I'll guess the As same. As a neutralizer. 1980. 1980. And you neutralized it. Yep. That, that's. <laughs> I should have thought it out a little bit. Would you have known if I wasn't so confident? Yeah, I knew the year. You did? Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's been funny if you would have said a year that was like not a division of four. Right. So what we have going into the final round where uh, Brandon, you're first, is Joey with five, Brandon with three. So we'll see how uh, we'll see how strategy comes into play here. In a race, 
to beat a British expedition. Respected Norwegian explorer Roald Amundsen became the first person in recorded history to reach the South Pole in what year? Nineteen. This is a early extreme sport. Yeah. Nineteen sixty-five. Nineteen sixty-five. Okay, so it's 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 under. And I'm trying to think because I think I'm trying to remember if that happened before or after. What's his nuts climbed uh, Mount Everest? Um, What's his nuts? Oh, John Nuts. Yes. <laughs> John Nuts. <laughs> That's him. <laughs> it it was earlier than that. It was. So. It was 1934 ish. A couple decades before that, even 1911. Oh, oh wow. over a hundred years ago. That was and uh, it's crazy. Roll Amundsen still. Do you know the uh, name of the Minnesota guy that was like exploring all the poles? Remember? No. Will Steger wasn't yeah. that who that was? Exploring oh. all the poles. <laughs> <laughs> was it Joe Schwartz? Yeah. <laughs> so was it Coco? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to write something down here because the, many people may not know that I write down funny things that people say trying to uh, trying to figure out what the uh, what the name of the episode is going to be. Exploring <laughs> all the polls. All right. So uh, as as we have, we'll see. We'll see if that pans out uh, as we uh, conclude this week's edition. Just like it probably would have happened if I was just subjectively judging everything. We have a three way tie for first place. Three-way tie for last place <laughs> between all of our contestants. So, you know, the natural order of the universe is in full effect. And uh, I do have a question. Joey, what are you drinking over there? Now that you mention it, um, well, besides my, my water here, I am drinking um, some of the Bumbaloo rum that ah, we had a, you know, a couple weeks back okay. that uh, uh, we found in the old – had to kick the dust off it in the drawer and uh, just drinking that straight tonight. Nothing wrong with a spiced rum. Nope. To spice How things you, up. What you got this, over there? This, uh, d- tonight we went with the old uh, uh, spritzer, but a pineapple high noon. Mm-hmm. My go-to at the nice. moment. Nice. Brad? Uh, I just drank water. No, yep. you didn't. That's not true. Brad's the most Brad, talkative he's yeah, been on you any can tell episode yes. ever. It's not yeah. water in that yeah, cup. Not. <laughs> All right, well, you know, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> Listen, this uh, this episode was was energized, a ton of fun to do. Um, uh, we didn't hit new releases, but but uh, National Treasures coming out next week is going to be a fun thing to talk about next week, um, and and just maybe reviewing that a little bit and uh, talking about some of the stuff that that comes out of that. Remind that me of the product. price point on that one. So three thousand bucks a box. Okay. It's, a, it's a couple of couple of couple of Ks. Yep. What was it last year? Do you know? Like, I, is it? You know, I think uh, it was the market changing five. at all. Yeah, it's, okay. I mean, it's definitely softening. So, cool. We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk more about cards and life and and sports in uh, in just about a week. So, thanks everyone for for tuning into this most recent episode of Get Carded. We'll we'll uh, we'll talk to y'all soon. Cheers.